original coin. It's Daisy Lee. You honor me with your present. Crispy Lee. Pokemon so tiny hurts so much. Brad Hitler. Usually stronger than the average. And has a friendly attitude. It's Throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It's the Throwback. It's Wednesday. That's right. We're back. It's Throwback Wednesday. That's what we should start calling it. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler, at All In Kid, at Chris Meany, at Brad Ziegler. Very simple for them, too. And very simple to keep listening to us every single week. And if you are in the free verse, as Chris likes that I do say that, uh, if you're out there, normally it would say, hey, go to the athletic.com slash the throwback and get this. You can still do that. You can still get your 40% off, but the draft gets out there too. So you have two ways to get 40% off though. We like our credit. We can still do it the other way. If you have fancy baseball longings or want to get your draft ready and hey, the rankings are out. Uh, I'm still kind of cross-eyed from the weekend of finishing them all. And of course, if people are going to complain right out the get go, guys, it's not, you know, what a surprise, but the rankings and projections are out. Uh, funnily enough, it's not even like about specific players. They're like, how about on base percentage? How about this? How about like, I'm one person. I, I'm, I'm not ESPN. I'm not Fangrass. I don't have the swinging strike rate percentage projections for every damn player in the earth. Like, chill out. I gave you what I can give. You know, that's tough to do. Yeah. There's enough information at the athletic draft guide. I'm sure that you can find the swinging strike percentage somewhere. Well, in- in reality, everybody just wants your rankings to line up with what they had in their head because if it doesn't, <laughs> that's, that's what they complain about. It's like, well, yeah. if that's the case, then just use your rankings in your head. Yeah. So, but if you want, one. if you want to hear from one of the best, then go ahead and look, check out Jake's. Who's the one player that people, I know you didn't say players, but who's the one player that you've gotten the most feedback from? Uh, like good or bad? I'd say. Not a whole lot of players so far. Not actually. I'm looking right now. There hasn't been like one specific player. The majority of the conversation has been like, okay, well now who should I keep? And then the other part has been, all right, well can you include this projection? Can you include this projection? Can you include this projection? I'm like, oh my god, I, I'm not. I'm like seriously, I'm not a database. I wish I could. Uh, the, I'd say the funny is a pitcher. Actually, do you want to guess which? It's a top fifteen pitcher, Chris. Do you want to guess? Uh, I don't know. It's probably Syndergaard. No. A lot of people are asking about Jack Flaherty. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. They don't enough. believe? They don't buy? Uh, I, th- I think they're Definitely. a little hesitant. I think a lot of them see him and Patrick Corbin very close, and Jack Flaherty, they're forgetting how dominant Jack Flaherty was down the second half of last year. I only know, especially off the top of my head, because I traded him. <laughs> and I helped the person <laughs> win labor. That was good old Steve Gardner. Congratulations, Steve Gardner, to winning labor last year. Uh, I made a trade with him. It worked out for me, too. I mean, I got Juan Soto on the other side of the deal. There was other people involved. Bryce Harper. It was a huge deal. Trey Turner. I mean, it was a massive deal that we pulled off. It was a blockbuster. But uh, he won. I came in, like, third or fourth. So, yeah, there you go. Jack Flaherty, everybody. MVP. Let's go. <laughs> Draft him. Actually, do you want to guess real quick before we move on where I have noticed Syndergaard now that you mentioned it, Chris? Um, 13? 21. Actually, no, wait. What, what, did you just guess 21, Brad? No, I said I didn't 21. say anything. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess 21. That's what I, I yeah, said. Yeah, I was going ch- to <laughs> Nice guess. I was going to change my guess to like 17, 18, but yeah, I think that's fair. So you know, he's just a big name, obviously. He's a Met, right? I mean, people... Yeah. They they love him or hate him. I think. Yep. As at this point, it's put it all together. The Luises are back to back, and uh, Denelson Lamet is one of my favorite. I have him twenty seven for. Whew, yeah. Nice. At pitcher, I don't know overall, but anyway, 
We're talking football. That's what this show's about. And we actually have off-season talk because we have a signing already. And that's what happens when a team releases somebody, which is still weird to me that you got released and you're still allowed to sign before the rest of the free agents. It's just, that's always been weird. But in any case, it did happen. Greg Olson is signing with the Seahawks. Uh, my first reaction was a joke gift, but I don't really even feel that way because it was just kind of a joke in general as the Undertaker rising from the ground like he always does in wrestling. But I really don't honestly feel that way, guys. I'm kind of curious to get your guys' opinion because, yeah, sure, I think this boosts his value compared to what it was last year with no Cam Newton, but he's still 35. He's still Greg Olson at this point. Uh, this offense, I still think, will use Will Disley. I was honestly kind of surprised that they were just throwing in the you know bag on Will Disley with how good he looked before he got hurt. But where are you guys on this? Like, is he even fantasy relevant draft wise next year? Because I don't even think he, I think he's just leave him on the waiver wire and pick him up if something surprises you. That's, that's kind of how I feel. I was this morning just taking a look at some of his numbers from last year and he's right around that tight end 12 mark in every single category. Fantasy points, targets, catches. He had a couple decent games, but Jake, you're right. He's, he's a little bit older. He's had issues staying healthy. I know like Russell Wilson has made some joke. They've, they've been back and forth on Twitter. Like, Oh, this aged well. And you know, there's a, um, a picture that surfaced. I think it was like last month of Cam Newton and Russell Wilson whispering to each other and everyone had fun. Like, what is he saying to each other? What are they, what are they talking about? It's like, Oh, Greg Olson can still play is, is what he had quote retweeted. And then Russell Wilson had said facts. And then all of a sudden yesterday I saw him tweet this aged well. So it seems like it was something that was in the books for a while. These two trying to hook up together, but I'm not super excited about him from a tight end position. Wilson doesn't throw the ball all that much. I'm sure he's going to use them. He's going to have his games in the red zone where he catches a couple passes and they go for touchdowns. But, yeah, where he finished last year is kind of where I see him finishing this year. And, again, Seattle's a team that wants to run the football. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything there. Plus, DK Metcalf's getting better. I mean, he got better all the way through last season. So he's going to demand a, a much higher target share than he did this year, in my opinion, because he didn't get targets early in the season last year. It's going to be more like it was at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, you saw Jacob Hollister, whoever was there at tight end, basically disappeared the last few weeks of the season. And so um, I, I think um, – I actually think this bodes pretty well for Will Disley. I think Hollister will be gone now. He's a free agent, so – He's, they're not going to bring him back as the third tight end. He wants to go somewhere and play. Olsen's probably going to be the starter to start the year, but I, I just don't know how you count on any kind of production out of this guy. And I, I think it, it gives Disley an opportunity to get healthy after the Achilles injury and come back in and potentially be very relevant down the stretch. By load, Jake, on Disley and Dynasty? And Dynasty. Or is that getting, just getting too crazy? Yeah, yeah. Dynasty, why not? He's probably, he's probably free now. Yeah, you can uh, get him for a fourth yeah, round, fifth yeah. round rookie pick. So. Yeah, I would definitely – I think that you would be able to get him on the super cheap. So then let me ask you guys this. So in the way too early <laughs> rankings that I did way back in early January, uh, initially I had Will Disley at 16. Does that actually sound like a good spot? Just pull his name out and put in Greg Olson and then just drop Disley down to like 22, somewhere around there? Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah, what's – I mean, what's the upside? He's not going to get a 1,000 yards. Right? There's no uh, way. Yeah, he's he's yeah. going to be very touchdown dependent. Very touchdown dependent to, to be fantasy relevant. So, actually, well, then let's say who's behind him because I probably would side him back. That's being Greg Olson. I'd actually put him behind where I had Will Disley because at 17, I had Jono Smith. And at this point, I'm taking Jono over him. Wouldn't you guys? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. I would Ian Thomas? Over him too. Now that he's officially gone, yeah. Ian Thomas. Yeah, I think that's kind of the big takeaway for me is Ian Thomas. And that's where it's going to go next. Ian Thomas, Thomas, could he hit tight end one status in your opinion? 
I, I borderline, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't take too much. You know this. <laughs> Doing yeah. your rankings every week and talking about fantasy, it really doesn't take a whole lot for Ian Thomas to finish as a tight end 12. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would think so too, especially assuming Cam Newton is back as their quarterback and assuming that they don't draft a, a tight end in the top three or four rounds of the draft, then I would say I think Ian Thomas has the has a really good shot at a tight end one. Yeah, I can't see them with, with their needs, hopefully not doing that because – and it's not exactly a huge tight end class. Like, Komet is arguably the best, but I don't even see him going on the first round unless somebody yeah. – like maybe maybe the Patriots. But I was going to say at the end of the first round, but then again, the Patriots are going to trade out of the first round like they always do and get like two picks in the second. <laughs> Just the, the Patriots, <laughs> did they ever pick? Uh, in any case, um, actually, who else is behind them that maybe we could slide them back – Jack Doyle, how about that? Would you go Jack right as of today? Would you go Jack Doyle with the Colts, not knowing what's going on there, or would you go Greg Olson with the Seahawks? Uh, I'd probably go Doyle. Um, I I gotta think. I mean, if they bring in, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of um, I, I guess traction with Philip Rivers potentially being the quarterback in Indy. Philip Rivers loves tight ends. He's loved tight ends his whole career. I Doyle, I would honestly. I mean, I wouldn't take Mo Ali Cox over him, but I think Mo Ali Cox becomes fantasy relevant if Philip Rivers goes there. And and at that point, there's a, there's a way bigger ceiling, way higher ceiling than what what Greg Olson or or whoever in that realm can offer you. Yeah, I'm a little unsure about that one. I, I would need to see who's the quarterback. I mean, if it is Jacoby Brissett, then I don't really care too much about Jack Doyle. I already, I just. What happened last year, I already saw it. Like, how can he really even improve? Because there were some guys in, that were hurt. Like, Ebron left, and Doyle was the man, and he hardly did anything. He had games where he had, like, three catches. So I think I would probably just lean with the better offense in Greg Olson, but I need to see who, who the quarterback is going to be. All right, well, then two more for you. Let's say – and actually, I'll let you guys both individually rank three so we can kind of throw them all together. Brad, would you go Dawson Knox, O.J. Howard, Greg Olson? Rank those three. Uh, Actually, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to throw in a fourth. Man, Rank four. Who, who's quarterbacking Chris, in Tampa? <laughs> it, no, it doesn't even matter. As of today, O.J. Howard, Dawson Knox, Chris Herndon, and Greg Olson. Uh, okay, so I'll probably go um, – I'd probably go Greg Olson, O.J. Howard, Dawson Knox, Chris Herndon. I think Herndon is going to gonna struggle because they signed Ryan Griffin to a three-year extension toward the end of the season. So I'm right. not sure he's even the starter in New York. I, I like Herndon better than Griffin, um, but just the fact – I think he's got a little bit to overcome to even get to that point. Yeah, I, I would go Howard first and just take the upside. I'll probably just go down that road of being frustrated with him again. But I'll go Howard one and then Olsen two. And I agree with the Herndon-Knox call there too as well. I mean, this time last year I really liked Herndon, but – Everybody did. Uh, he just struck – yeah, everyone did, but he just really struggled to stay, stay on the field. I even – knowing that – he was going to miss the first few games. I still had shares of him. Oh, <laughs> I, I still All him year like, he sat on my bench. I'm not even going to lie. I, you can go back and look. I'm pretty sure I had him at like tight end 11 or something just because. Yeah, I had him in around that range. Yeah, too. even with the 12 games, the 12 games of what Herndon, what we expected and what we thought he could be. And we just, that's, I mean, part of it was Sam Darnold's, part of it was the Matt. He missed time. Part of it was obviously Herndon couldn't just get on the damn field and. Yeah, I'm with Brad, though, kind of in that fact that maybe it's just Ryan Griffin's tight end position now. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah, and I, I'll say this, too. Why I mentioned it depends on who's quarterbacking in Tampa. If Phillip Rivers happens to go to Tampa, then I'd like O.J. Howard best. Um, because I I don't – even if it's he's the tight end's not a big part of the offense there, Rivers will find, know, a rate, find a way <laughs> I don't know, to Bruce, not throw the Bruce ball. Bruce Arias is still going to be there. 
I, and I agree. I just think, I just think when, if Winston goes back there, he just looks outside and deep more, and that's not the routes they have the tight end run. Hey, Brad. In, in Tampa. He, but he got LASIK. Rivers can, come on. He's got LASIK. Rivers can find anybody inside of 10 yards. Rivers can find anybody vision. inside of 10 yards. Including another guy with a different yeah, jersey. Other team. The other oh, team, too. Boom. If they're, if they're open, he can throw it to them. <laughs> Melvin Gordon says he's going to Indy. Who did? Who's Rivers? Uh, Melvin, is going? Melvin Gordon, yeah, Rivers. He said Rivers yeah, is like, going to Indy. That's what, yeah. saying, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, like, the, I think that's just people connecting the dots. I don't think anybody's officially got anything where it's... Nobody knows anything, yeah. No, we haven't even got to the fake whatever it is, like the tampering period. The illegal the tampering, tampering period, period yeah. was just... Might as well just say, hey, it's free agency's open. Because uh, by the time <laughs> we get to Wednesday, if it's... I don't even know if it is Wednesday or Tuesday this year. By the time we got there, it was like, hey, everybody's already... We know where everybody's going at this point. So... Yeah. I think it's Wednesday, and then everyone can. Yeah, you're right. Everyone it starts on Monday. The tampering is a Monday. Yeah, we already know. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's funny. It's yeah, as soon as the legal tampering period opens, yeah, it's as soon as it opens, it's almost like free agency. It's like boom, 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 boom. All these deals are set in place. It's like, all right, really? Like you got this discussion done in five minutes, Brad? Tell us how it is. It's not happening that way. We know it, right? <laughs> uh, no, they're, I know their contracts are a lot different than Major League Baseball, but you, you got to think this is what happens. So, so. You know, the the Chiefs, when they signed Sammy Watkins, you know, say Drew Rosenhaus. I don't know who represents Watkins, but say it's Drew Rosenhaus. And Drew Rosenhaus comes in, and what they're doing is they're negotiating a contract extension for someone already on their team that has Drew Rosenhaus' representation. And then Rosenhaus is like, hey, by the way, Sammy Watkins is interested in coming there. You know, just keep keep an open mind. And then, like, the, if as long as there's a mutual interest, then they know. As soon as the tampering period opens, hey, what's up? How's, how's three years and, and 17 a year sound? Okay, good. We'll do it. You know, like it, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time because you drop, you just drop the name in when it's in the middle of negotiation for another player. And that's how they get away with it. It's cause there's no record of it. There's no text messages, emails, anything like that. Like that's what got the chiefs in, in trouble when they were going after Jeremy Macklin, Andy Reid or somebody had texted yeah. Jeremy Macklin. And I remember that. you know, it, it wasn't even necessarily asking him about coming there to play. It was just the fact that he had contact with him, but they put it on paper. And so now it's like, I, hey, you know, we'll, we'll meet about somebody else and then we'll, we'll talk about your other player while it's there. And this conversation is not being recorded. We really need to talk about your long snapper. I think we need to talk about his contract. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have, I happen to represent your backup punter and uh, ban them all. Uh, actually, speaking of which, you guys just as a sidebar, are you guys watching the XFL? I watched the first week a little bit. I was impressed, and then I I wasn't a, I was unable to watch uh, last weekend. But I I heard a lot of negative things, but I can't really say because I didn't see any of the games. You watching it? Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched any of it. No. So here's exactly what happened. This is look. I, I told you guys this is what had to happen. Is they needed to be different, and the problem is what the, the complaints are. Is I'll tell you, Chris. It's it's the quarterback play and the low scoring, and the problem is is that. The only quarterbacks doing much of anything are the ones that can scramble a bit because the pocket presence just isn't there. Because guess what happened? I told you guys it was going to happen. I, I will take this victory lap. This offensive line suck. You have no time yeah. for these quarterbacks to look that. Forget about it. You want a pocket pass in the XFL? Screw it. And plus the scoring is down, so you're not bringing in casual fans. They should have done what I said. It should have been 10 on 9 or 11 on 10. Yeah, you, you've been saying that from day one. I, like three years ago, I think I remember yeah, you talking give about them that. Yeah, give them an extra offensive lineman. Same thing with the AF, right? I mean, it, the offensive line was was brutal. Guys were getting crushed. Yeah, that's exactly the complaints that I saw over the weekend on Twitter is that there's been, what, the same amount of defensive touchdowns as offensive touchdowns? Yeah. That's not exciting. 
And the touchdowns aren't even as high as they want them to be. Look, hey, I'm not saying I'm a genius or anything like that, but it's funny. I was going to say, as soon as you said that you watched the first weekend and kind of enjoyed it, then you heard some complaints. I was like, I kind of feel like that's the exact same thing we said about the AAF. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good, but eh, it's still, and I, it's, I kind of feel like I I will tell you their, their best chance is to draw high school kids, freshmen and sophomores in college into that league prior to them being draft eligible. That's their best chance That's the because safety. they've got to, the safety for the one they have to get names in there. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they they have a, to get names in there and, and that's, that's a way to get offensive linemen, you know, potentially seen too. Those are guys who every time they, every play they run, they run the risk of an ACL injury. So why, why not go and make some money doing it instead of, you know, and, and it, it may in, in turn force, you know, the NCAA to revamp their thinking. Yeah, and then watch the, they'll just change it to overcome it, and then they'll take all the good players, and then change the draft uh, eligibility, and then it'll be gone anyway. They're <laughs> gonna screw it all up. But in any case, all right, back to our football. So last week, in case you didn't remember, we're talking about some free agent. Speaking of free agency, free agent. What did we start? Quarterbacks last week, right? Wide receivers. I don't yes. remember. It's been too many days. Uh, we did. Yeah, we did quarterbacks. Yeah, we, okay. we had just finished, and Winston got the 2020 surgery. Yes, there you go. Oh, thank, thank you for the memory. They, look, see, this once a week thing is throwing me off. Plus, I got these trips coming up, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I got too many trips coming up. But in any case, um, yeah, next week, as a heads up for all you guys, we might be a little bit delayed on releasing this on Wednesday, so keep it check. Uh, just, hey, if you subscribe, it's the easiest way. But I'm going to be at the Combine. It'll be Brad and Chris taking care of you guys, and then I'm going to try and call in and give you guys a little bit of update maybe see some uh, decent questions better than Debo Samuel's answer last year but Derrick Henry is the biggest running back free agent there's a couple names here that are actually all big but he is the biggest one because it's kind of assumed that the Titans don't want to spend this kind of money but they're going to kind of go I guess we kind of have to right Chris like that's kind of the feeling that everybody has is that you know, this offense ended up being built around him. There is just a nice flow of what they have. Part of the reason that Tannehill had the success he did was because it's a run first, but it's such a good run first that it opens things up. And it's just, it's basically meant for him. Like you bring in, I don't know, if you tried to throw in like Miles Sanders into this backfield, probably wouldn't be the same Titans offense that you see. It, it could work, but they would have to change it. So I feel like they're going to be reluctantly signing Derrick Henry. And if so... Let's just say he's back with the Titans. Is he top five? Is he top ten for you, Chris? And then if he's not, if he does somehow end up somewhere else, does he take a hit, or is he going to be the same guy wherever he is, in your opinion? Yeah, I don't think he'll be the same guy wherever he is. I mean, I've always... I've always been a believer in him. I've always liked him. But even three years ago when they had Marcus Mariota really as the starting quarterback and no weapons on offense, he just ran into walls. Like every time that he was on the field, he just smashed into a wall. And, you know, the Titans showed their cards. That's why they had Deion Lewis playing in certain situations and they had to get him in there. But so I think where he is, he's he's great if he if he stays with the Titans Top 10, I would go top 10. I'm a little hesitant on top 5 just because all the usage he's had over the past couple seasons, and I'm not sure how many catches he'll have in the backfield. 20, maybe, right? There were a couple last year where he he took some to the house where 
um, yeah, it's nice that it happened, but it's not something that you can bank on that he's going to be consistent in the passing game. But I, I agree with you. I think that the Titans are just going to be really forced to, to just assign him. They've had success lately. They just beat the Ravens. They just beat the Patriots, basically with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill doing very, very little in the passing game. So I think it opens up the play-action game, which is really nice. Get another weapon in the offense who can catch a pass and, you know, find a way to keep him. I've, I've heard some rumblings in Tennessee that, you know, the options, and I think Brad alluded to this last week, is maybe just moving on from him, signing some pieces elsewhere, a cheaper running back, and maybe potentially Melvin Gordon. But I think that the Titans are just going to pay this guy, whether you agree with it or not. I think yeah. they're just going to pay him. I, I would agree. I, I I do think he ends up back there. Um, I I, oh, I hope for the Titans' sake that it's not at the money where he says you know the the Zeke Elliott contract is kind of a starting point. Um, I hope it's less than that because you're you're talking about just completely handicapping a franchise, and that's that's what would happen in that scenario. So um, I at the same time. Um, I, I'm with Chris. I'm very scared of the uses this year. Well over 400 carries when you count the playoffs. And it's, it's, that scares me, especially like second half of next season. He might be really good to start the year. He, and, and I would like to think that if they bring Tannehill back to, there's a good chance that their offense resembles what it did in the second half of the season, early in the season. But at some point, I'll tell you who I just grabbed in the 20th round of a best ball draft because I, I do think there's a decent chance he gets hurt. I grabbed Dion Lewis. He was completely free, but I think there's a chance that he actually potentially becomes fantasy relevant in the second half of next season because I just don't know if Derrick Henry's going to hold up. Well, the only concern there is now there's talks about him getting cut too, though, Brad. So that's the issue there. I think sure. he'll get yeah, cut. Is, I actually do think he'll get cut. Yeah, yeah he, he very well could, but there's going to be somebody. Whoever the handcuff is there is going to have value. I'll say that. I can definitely see that. And I, I, again, I go back to, I just think they're going to sign him back there. Um, the interesting thing is that there are other options. Chris, you mentioned it. We're going to talk about Melvin Gordy here in a second, but there are plenty of options. It's a ridiculously talented running back class. Like, to, I mean, it's one of the best in the past decade. Uh, I talked to Graham Barfield yesterday and he said it's kind of up there with the Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Leonard for like that draft is 2016, 17, 16. So, you know, you look at that and there's just, there's so many options that I don't think a team is forced, although the Titans almost feel like they are. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to be the most interesting case this year, similarly just because of the money that we've seen at running back in general. But Melvin Gordon, for his conversation, I mean, like, look, he's not going back to the Chargers. I don't see any way that they rectify that situation, even if he has to take less money because the market ends up not being favorable for running backs. I just I don't know how that gets fixed. So he's going somewhere. Does it matter where he goes, Brad? Like, Melvin Gordon, for everybody that wants to trash him, yeah, it started off terribly, but he finally started looking good down the stretch. And whether you want to say, ah, he wasn't ready from day one, it was still his preseason, whatever it might be, there was the signs of the Melvin Gordon we knew. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. But there were signs of the Melvin Gordon we knew, and the Melvin Gordon we know is top 10 talent. So top 10 talent Melvin Gordon with a full offseason and a team that wants him can he be an RB1 and back in fantasy? Can he rebound to RB1 status next year? He can, but when you asked about what situation, it does matter where he goes because he needs to be a three down back, in my opinion, to be an RB1. I don't think well, I he can, he can do it. So he, he needs to get those receptions, get the five, six receptions that he got weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, five, five, six, six. Prior to that, 
he didn't have any five five reception games. And I think he has to have that volume in the passing game to be an RB one. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, three for three. I mean, he and he, and he can because he's proven it before. Yeah, he's a good right? receiver. Yeah, so I and I feel like wherever he goes, he's going he's going to be involved. He's going to be catching balls out of the backfield. I think it's a given. I mean, Austin Eckler just kind of stood in his way a little bit. But if you just look at at some of the seasons that he's had, I mean, he caught thirty three as a rookie, forty one, fifty eight, fifty. It threw twelve games in twenty eighteen, and then forty two in twelve games last year. So, yeah, he he's the only guy. Like you just. When you look at some of his numbers, you can just blame him. That's it, right? He he sat out, he missed time, he came back into a situation where Austin Eckler was awesome, and he was great. And the first few games, I mean, Gordon didn't top 32 yards in his first four games. He was hardly a factor, you know, under four yards per carry again. And that's actually been a thing for him. Four out of his five years has been under, you know, four yards per carry. So I think he really does need to get involved through the air, and he will no matter where he goes. But you're going to, you know, RB1, Jake? Sure, he has that upside, but you're going to have to make that decision, you know, right around that RB10 to 12 spot. Like, do you take a Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones? Do you take those two guys, or do you go with Melvin Gordon? Because, I mean, I think right now, Eckler, Jacobs, Fournette, these are guys that I'd rather have over Gordon. Well, then let's talk about Eckler. Are you assuming Eckler is the guy with the Chargers? Because the Chargers could bring somebody else in, whether the draft or free agency. They bring in a power option to balance it out. Because I, I know that they used him a great deal in the beginning of the season. But I think, at least in my opinion, I felt that was because they knew Melvin Gordon was coming back at some point. And then as Brad pointed out, the usage for Melvin Gordon at the end of the season, it became a lot more back towards Melvin Gordon and kind of like a 60-40 split. I don't know that they want Austin Eckler to be the guy. And I think a lot of people are on Eckler. And I'm not saying they're wrong to be, and if you are, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just I feel like people are on Eckler because what we saw at the beginning of the season. I don't think that's Eckler over a full season because I don't think they the Chargers want him like that over a full season. So I'm I'm actually selling Eckler if I can because I feel like a lot of people want to put him in the top ten, and I don't think he, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to be there next year. I, I agree with that too. I think he's a great sell high candidate. I, I believe we talked about him all year as being a sell high candidate in dynasty leagues and stuff. And yeah, they probably don't want him to be that guy. I mean, he only had three rushing touchdowns. He got stuffed on the goal line plenty of times. He's not that type of back. You don't want to give him, you don't want to have very many games with 15 carries. In fact, he only had two last year where he had at least 15 carries. So it's, that's not really his game. Yeah. Brings, even if you bring somebody in who takes, eight to ten carries on the ground, I still think he's valuable, but probably not a, a top ten running back where people are viewing him. So, yeah, I would agree. Saw high candidate for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, there's a lot of guys kind of in that category of, like, they overperformed this year. They were way too efficient, I guess, if you could say that. Aaron Jones, I feel like, is the same way. And so because Austin Eckler – but I will say this. After Melvin Gordon came back, Austin Eckler was still a top 10 running back, even even with Gordon getting the majority of the touches. And it doesn't matter kind of where you start that. You can start it in week nine and say, like, from week nine on, where did Eckler finish? He was number nine in PPR. It's, you know, it, it's he was very consistent all throughout the year. But I think he is better in that role. I don't think – let's say the Chargers don't bring in another running back and it's just Eckler and Justin Jackson, which I think is a long shot. I think they bring somebody in. Um, even like a Jordan Howard type might be a good fit there. But let's say, let's say they bring in, they don't bring in anybody and, and Eckler and Justin Jackson are, are the guys. I don't know that Eckler holds up in that scenario. I think his touches need to be somewhat limited because of how small he is. And, and it, it concerns me over the course of a, a, a full season that he won't hold up. 
I think it's, it's, Should we talk about the quarterback play, though, Jake? I mean, 93, 92 catches, 108 targets. We just talked about Rivers. Remember those seasons with Danny Woodhead? I mean, who if, if Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback for the Chargers, I'm out. Or Justin Herbert or Tua. Well, Tua wouldn't even be the one from the day one. It would be back to Tyrod Taylor or whoever, like, basically, or rookie. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the concern as well. I agree with you. Is that That's part of it is that it's not going to be Phillip Rivers. And I think if you look at Phillip Rivers versus most quarterbacks, you're going to say, eh, you're going to see as many passes to the backfield to the running back in general. What if it's Jameis yeah. Winston? <laughs> that's even worse. Yeah, I, I mean, voice. he doesn't doesn't throw the running back a lot, but he's also if that's going to be one of his best weapons, he you know if he goes to sit to L.A. to the Chargers, he doesn't have the same weaponry on the outside. I like Keenan Allen, I like Mike Williams, but not to the level I like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He may be forced to throw the ball to to really? check down a little I bit. I love I'm you know this I, I'm one of the biggest Chris Godwin fans, and I I still think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are pushing. I think they're close enough. Put it this way. I'll tell you this. You swap quarterbacks. You put Jameis Winston with the Chargers and Phillip Rivers with the Buccaneers, and I would take the duo with the Chargers. That's fair. Hmm. I, 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 it I mean, is close. I don't, it is really close. Yeah, I, I think it, it probably is close. But at, at the same time, it's, it's you know, there's a whole lot of speculation involved there. I just don't think – I really don't – I don't know. I, I just think Eckler needs a guy who is willing to check down, and that's not Winston. Yeah, no, that's I agree with that. But the rushing touchdowns could potentially, well, then again, that backfield didn't do much for the Buccaneers. So, yeah, look, we could spend this whole lot of ways. We'll have to talk about those. We'll talk about these when the quarterbacks get settled for these two teams, which might not be until the draft. So, let's talk about Kenyon Drake. Who this is? This is as interesting as you can get. Like, if you're a fan, this is basically. I don't think anybody out there is changing their opinion on Kenyon Drake, which is funny because if you're a Kenyon Drake supporter, it's kind of like, see, I told you. If you're a Kenyon Drake like detractor, it kind of seems like, well, you know, there's only a little two flashes there and two big games and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you can throw all the negatives and obviously teams haven't used them this way. So it's obviously the NFL. Again, you can spin this whichever way you want. So I guess this is a two-part question for you guys is one is, do you believe in Kenyon Drake? And two if he's back with the Cardinals, is it his backfield or are they going to still try and squeeze something at David Johnson? And if he ends up somewhere else and the fact that somebody does sign him, could he be at least an RB2 because they use him as the lead guy? Because I'm a Kenyon Drake talent supporter and I think that he could be an RB2 with the Cardinals or anybody else, Chris. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um yeah, it was just so frustrating in Miami watching him there over the past couple seasons. And he's he's certainly talented. He's good enough for an RB2 status, I think, no matter where he is. This is the m- most intriguing backfield to me that, you know, the the entire offseason. I just – I have no clue what they're going to do <laughs> with David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. And I think Chase Edmonds is really good too. But if, if they decide that they want to bring Kenyon Drake back and give him money, then I feel like – He's got to be the guy there, doesn't he? I mean, he's earned that right to be the guy. He, he, he was so dominant. Forget the four-touchdown game where he had almost 140 yards. I mean, he followed it up with 166 yards against Seattle the week after that. So he just had a lot of Well, do you notice two things about games. those games, too? Look at this two. What's look at those two biggest yardage games, and both of those games came with twenty plus carries. It wasn't the fact. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that he had like sixteen or even thirteen carries, and one of them was an eighty yarder. He got. Yeah, I mean, right. he basically had his two best. Actually, his three best games 
were over 100 yards with 15, 22, and 24 carries, where he averaged 7.3, 6.2, and 6.9. Like, beast with tons of carries. Yeah, and that one game where he had 137 against Cleveland, his long was 21, to your point, right? So right. he was just, yeah, he was he was really good catching balls out of the backfield, six catches, six catches, seven targets. So if he's a Cardinal, he's he's probably going to be a target of mine. RB2, he's not going to go in the top 10, not not the top 12. He's the perfect guy that, for me, that I like to target a running back in, you know, end of the second, third round if I go wide receiver in the first round. Well, that's so the point. Is I feel him. like I just don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. I have no clue. I feel like if he's with the Cardinals or anybody that signs him as the top option, I'm going to be in on him unless it pulls into the fact that somebody signs him as a clear backup situation. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, if hell, if the Chargers bring him in with Austin Eckler, oh, oh Graves, screw it. Forget it. Or like, Something like that, you, right, Brad? You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. He that he's so polarizing because you look at our that way too early 2020 mock draft we did. He went at the bottom of the eighth round, but then the 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 best ball draft that I just completed, he went last pick of the second round, and I could see him literally falling anywhere in between there, depending on where he landed. If he's back with the Cardinals, you have to go higher because there's no way they bring him back and pay the money. Unless they're going to use him, there's a really good chance if they bring him back, it's because they've traded David Johnson. And there's got to be some, you know, they're going to eat some money on David Johnson, whatever. But I have a really hard time seeing David Johnson be back there if Kenyon Drake is back also. And that's just too much money tied up in the running back position. So um, I think there's a decent chance he's back in Arizona. I would put it maybe like 70-30 back in Arizona. And I think David Johnson's gone. And at that point, I I will gladly take Drake at the bottom of the second round because I think that offense gets better this year. Interesting. All right, so now we kind of get into the realm of – actually, before we get to the realm of what I was about to say, so it's a little sneak tease right there. Uh, let's talk about Kareem Hunt real quick because the news came out yesterday that Kareem Hunt is just happy to be back with the Browns if that's where he's going to be. And, you know, if he gets the tender, if they – whatever might be, it's like – Going back and forth seemingly this offseason already, like one week it sounds like, oh, Cream Hunt's going to be out there, and if somebody gives him a high-end contract, the Browns aren't going to match. And then there's other talk that say the Browns just might try to sign him overall by themselves. And so Cream Hunt, I think we're all in agreement, correct, that he's a top 10 running back if somebody signs him, other than the Browns, right? Stud. Could, yes. Right? Yes, he's a stud. Yeah. Brad, yeah. yes. For yeah, me, unless, unless he gets suspended. That's the only thing that – Right. Because he just had so, another run-in with the law. So – And if, I think that's they part of the on. reason – Yeah, I think that's part of the reason you could actually have him back with the Browns. So that's what I want to ask you, Brad, like in Chris, is, Brad, if he's back with the Browns, this is the – compare. I'll give you the comparison I made. Uh, I was on Chris Harris's podcast. This, this is the comparison I made, and this is what I called him. I said he's D'Angelo Williams back when he was behind Le'Veon Bell. Is he's going to be a seventh-round pick, the best handcuff you can find – uh, but you're basically going to be like eating that pick unless something happens to Nick Chubb. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably completely fair, but you, you know, look week 10 through 16, what did, what happened in that offense? Nick Chubb fell to the four, you know, 14th overall running back. Kareem Hunt was 16th. They became almost as complete tandem. And I think more than anything, it hurt Nick Chubb's value more than it, it helped Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, I think is a high end RB2 in that situation when he's back in Cleveland because that offense has to be better. It can't be – they have way too much talent there to be as bad as they were this year. And they were decent down the stretch. And so I, I think – I actually – and I said this way earlier on the podcast. I, I think that is the most likely scenario for him is back in Cleveland because I, I just don't see anyone else 
given him a shot with all the baggage he claim that that he carries with him, especially now that he has his latest arrest. Yeah, man, I I love Kareem Hunt. I think he's so good, and I like Chubb. I think he's so good too. And I. It's just a backfield that I'm probably just going to have to stay away from if that's the case. Like, I'll definitely have more shares of Chubb than Hunt. To your point, Jake, I'm not going to spend a pick on on Kareem Hunt where I'm not going to be able to see his true upside unless Chubb is off the field. I don't care about three. I mean, look at some of. I got the both of their game logs up and Kareem Hunt four for fourteen, two for eight, nine for twenty eight. I don't. I'm not starting that. I don't want to put that in my lineup. Yeah, he's catching three or four passes for 50 yards. That's nice. But, I mean, what's the true upside with both of these guys in the field? And you look at Chubb early on in the season, three catches, four catches, three, five, four. And then the last few games, he had one or zero. In five of his last seven games, he had one catch or zero catches. The one game he had three for 21. It's just, yeah, he's going to be a beast on the ground. I can't even guarantee that he's going to get the goal line work there because he was getting it at one point, and then he was getting stuffed all the time. I'm sure the coaching will be different. The offense will be probably a little bit better, to Brad's point. But if Kareem Hunt is a member of the Cleveland Browns, I'm just going to pass on him. And, and Nick Chubb? Probably. See, as yeah, for, I, I guess. For, you got you to spend a first rounder to get Chubb, and, and that's yeah. tough whenever and, you've got a guy that all of a sudden is splitting carries. I understand that. I, I'm actually going to – I guess I'll be the odd one here. Is I'm going the other way. I think Stefanski coming in and the usage of Dalvin Cook, even with some of the others sprinkling in, I just – I think that you're going to see Nick Chubb get the Dalvin Cook treatment, and even with Kareem Hunt back on this team. And it'll be a sprinkled in versus, hey, we're just going to keep using Kareem Hunt as the pass catcher and just take it away from Nick Chubb. So I, I understand the concerns. I just lean the other way. I think part of the problem was Kitchens. I think part of the problem was his offense, and this team was just a mess. I could be wrong, but I think Stefanski coming in is going to kind of quote-unquote fix it, even if Chubb is back. By the way, speaking of the Browns, breaking news, it's just Greg Robinson, the offensive lineman, arrested at Border Patrol. For so much marijuana, he's getting charged with position to uh, to distribute. Like, and that cream punt had just gotten in some marijuana. Yeah, but no, no that got tossed but out because they crazy. said it wasn't his and like you know, even like cited for whatever. But how much pot do you have on you that you're getting slapped with intent to distribute? Like how much marijuana is in your freaking vehicle? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the threshold is there, but it's a lot. I mean, it, that, what's funny is it's probably distribute in a freeway. He's probably not selling. He's just going to pass it to his teammates. So there, there's a, there's a, you know, it's, distribute is a very vague term when it comes to what what his intentions intent, were. Intent to share. Is that like? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I just went down there to get it cheap, man. Uh, so. All right. So real quick, as we wrap this up for today, uh, what I was about to say earlier is this next group is just kind of so it's Carlos Hyde, Adrian Peterson, Jordan Howard and Lamar Miller, which who I kind of have a feeling Lamar Miller might be looking for a job until like July. Like I think that he's the one. But the Howard AP Hyde, are we all in agreement here that those guys, especially with this draft class, this free agent class, the teams that don't even need running backs, like I feel like all three of them are – 100% they're going to be back up somewhere, even if Adrian Peterson is signed of the first of the three. He's back with the Redskins. He's a, they're All three are now the, hey, there are insurance policies. Yeah, I Jordan Howard's the one guy that I think that could change for because I think he's a really good fit for a team like San Diego or the Chargers that already has good receiving backs. That's obviously the only thing and the biggest thing that he can't do. 
I think he could be a really good thumper for first second down if when you you have a situation where you don't want to you don't have to spend a lot of money to get him. He's not going to be that expensive, but he, you've seen what he can do when he's given an opportunity. I mean, he's multiple times thousand yard rusher, and he hadn't been in the league that long. So it, it's I, I think there's a chance that he at least ends up somewhere as a a with an opportunity to be a uh, early down back, kind of like he was in Philly. Mm, I, even then, it's just Jordan Howard's just so uninspiring for me but i actually i do think that what you're saying kind of makes sense if the chargers address other issues in the draft and maybe they have to trade up so they even have less picks and then to your point it's like hey we need to bring somebody in to kind of balance it out or heck i mean you talked about earlier with the titans they let henry wall keep lewis and then bring in a howard i mean you can always some of those that's howard's gonna have a job uh, actually, let's just play a little fun real before we get out of here. Adrian Peterson's definitively back. Like, like I can't see the risk is not bringing him back or still having him for a cheap contract with Darius Geis' injury. But between Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde, who gets signed first? Between Go. Pick, Chris. Uh, Howard, Howard. Yeah, I agree. I, I lean a little bit differently. I actually think it might actually be Carlos Hyde because he'll be more happy to take, like, three million dollars versus Howard and he might just get quickly quicker mm, more quickly snatched up as in like hey we'll do the cheap backup while Jordan Howard's still out there trying to get five or six but who cares whatever these guys don't matter so Jordan Howard was injured you know he, he didn't play after week nine this yeah. year so what I mean, he might have maybe in the playoff game I can't remember if he got a little a few token touches in the playoff game but for the most part like he was he was you know Dennis Green he was who we thought he was at the beginning of the year he had six touchdowns in the first nine games. He was averaging over four yards a carry, had over 500 yards rushing. Like he was going to be sitting right about a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns at the end of the season, which is basically what Carlos Hyde is, but he's five years younger, four years younger. I think, I think Howard is, is going to be a lot more appealing and probably in the same price range as a Hyde. Yeah. We'll see. We'll have to see how that goes. It would be not that interesting, but interesting at the same time. <laughs> we'll all be watching this as it goes down. And I'll be at the combine watching that and checking in with these guys. So make sure you tune in next week. At Brad Ziegler for Brad, at Chris Mini for Chris. They'll be handling the podcast. I'll be calling in. We'll have a lot of fun. Well, they'll have a lot of fun next week. I'll be having a lot of fun, too. It'll be out in freezing Indianapolis. So it'll be fun out there. But... Make sure you're over at the athletics slash the throwback. Hey, you get 40% off or theathletic.com and go to the baseball draft kit. 40% off as well. Uh, get ready for the baseball season and sign up for this podcast. Subscribe so you know when it's coming out next week at a different time. And we'll talk to you. We'll, they'll talk to you and I'll sprinkle in next week. Um, Wednesday. Bye. <laughs>